once you acknowledge that, hey, you know what? I screwed up or I made a mistake or you know what? I didn't know what I was talking about. What, what you have done is not lowered yourself. You've strengthened your hand in the eyes of the customer. From Rain Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. Sales has a bad reputation. When you think about somebody who sells for a living, what type of person do you think about? Does the image of a pushy car salesman come to mind? Or maybe you're thinking about a conversation you had with a pushy telemarketer during dinner. Why does the very thought of sales leave such a bad taste in our mouth? This episode of Unsuitable, we are pleased to have notable keynote speaker, best-selling author, and salesman extraordinaire, Todd Cohen, with us to answer a few questions all business owners and community leaders have pondered at one point or another. Hopefully, by the time today's show comes to an end, we will all be motivated to get out there and start selling. Welcome to Unsuitable, Todd. Doug, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, and uh, so glad to have you. Particularly, I think it's of utmost importance in this current environment where we're still dealing with all this, um, you know, remote stuff. And, and we're having a conversation before we started today about that very topic. And I, I'm a firm believer that you've got to be out there in front of people. I know you are too. Absolutely. There's, talk there's, a there's, bit, there's no Talk question. a little bit about your experience with that and what you've seen, you know, with just through this period in terms of being disconnected and reconnected, all those things. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I could use all the cliches, right? Un unprecedented and pivot and all that nonsense. I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. And I think what I'm most tired of, like most people are online zoom meetings. I'm not, I'm not saying bad things about zoom. Of course, you know, I've had to pivot my, uh, see, I used it. I've had to change my business a little bit. I, you know, I did all my keynotes and all my workshops online last year. And Anybody who understands the value of people connecting with people understands that we have definitely lost a critical element of not only building relationships, of building businesses, of differentiating over this last year, because nothing, nothing will ever convince me that you can replace the face-to-face -face, uh, connection that you make when you're with somebody. And we have lost that. And I fear, Doug, that people have become complacent about it at the same time. I fear that the default setting, right, which at one time was, yes, I'm going to go see somebody. I'm going to, I'm an auditor. I'm going to go see my client. I'm a, I'm a salesperson. I'm going to go make that initial call or deliver that proposal. I'm, I'm fearful that the default setting is changing and we have to not let that happen. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think the the part of that that I see is 
some corporations look at this like a, a cost reduction opportunity, right? Oh, I can reduce my my footprint, uh, my own physical footprint, and or my travel expenses for people. Yeah, I think that is perhaps uh, essentially signing the death warrant on your company. Now, I know that sounds draconian and dramatic, and I believe it to be true. Look, if you want to, you know, reduce people's contribution to the business in terms of here's the list of things that you're supposed to get done. And if you get them done, then you are now, you know, I'm anointing you as being super productive. That's great. However, that's not good enough for the employee. That's not good enough for the associate. People want to feel connected to a business. They want to feel like they're making, doing something, they're making something happen that in my world, and you know, I talk about building a sales culture, it's really about understanding what you do that influences the customer's decision to ultimately say yes. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm proud to be overhead. Right. So, you know, you know, and the, the longer we keep people apart, the more likely that is going to happen. So all of these CEOs who are out there giddy with excitement, this is great. I can sell my building and get it. First of all, where's all that money going? Are you reinvesting in people and training? I bet not. Where's all that? Where's all that? You know, where's all that winding up? And second of all, you may not see it now. There is absolutely going to be a downstream impact on people's mental, emotional health, on people's interest in building relationships. I mean, the list goes on, Doug, about the things that we are at risk of losing because our most precious asset is not the output or the work. It's the people. Think about it. If your people aren't engaged, your business is at risk. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I get particularly concerned, you know, I have uh, three 20 something uh, children myself, but I get particularly concerned about our young people in, in our business. And I try to make a conscious effort to, you know, drag them out there and, and we got to We're going to get out, get in front of people and, you know, for them just to be there and listen to the conversation, uh, regardless of how much they they're you know, comfortable participating at this point, but just to hear that stuff, that's how you learn. And I think back, you know, to my start, that's how I learned the most. I, I failed a heck of a lot and, you know, occasionally had success, but that's the fun of it, right? Well, and that's the whole point. You know, it's, it's, it, it's so easy to say, here's why I'm, I'm good at what I do and here's what I'm doing right. And that makes us feel good, right? And not, but, and how do we ultimately learn by falling on our face? by demonstrating the humility and the vulnerability to use everything as a learning experience. And that really brings you back, us back, to the initial comment that you made about, you know, the stereotype of selling. And that's where it begins. Look, as I as I always say in my keynotes and whatever, my workshops, every interaction is a selling moment because you're leaving an impression with somebody. Somebody is making a decision on you and by extension, your company. If we take away that ability for people to see us, eyeball us, experience us, our body language, our facial expressions, how we're dressed, how we show up, our presence, if we reduce that to an online experience, what we're really doing is saying that it's okay for our company to risk commoditization because what separates us is the 3D. It's the person being in front of the person. That's where the sale begins. And, and, and I worry that that's, again, that that's going to get just blown aside. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, it's it's ultimately that connection that you draw with the the party uh, on the other side of the table, so to speak. Absolutely builds that trust, builds that relationship. That's ultimately what they're buying. They're buying that relationship. Look, you, you're you with an accounting firm, a professional services firm. And, you know, I do work with you all and a lot of other accounting firms and whatnot. And, and I will say that, you know, it's easy to find, I'll just use this as an example. It's real easy to find a, a qualified CPA, mm-hmm. right? What's, I mean, I could, open up, well, I almost said open up the yellow pages. There is no such thing anymore. I can almost, you know, do a search and say, okay, I need a CPA. How many, you know, how many listings would come up in Columbus, in Cleveland, in Pittsburgh, in Philly, right? Right. The only thing that sets people apart is the people, is the person. So people come back to your your organization, you know, you know, not because somebody's got a lot of certificates on the wall. It's because of the relationship we've built. And that relationship is a selling relationship. It's built on, you know, us having enough opportunity to eyeball each other, to experience each other. And where that used to be commonplace, now it's the key differentiator between companies that will survive culturally and companies that will wither away. I am absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, I agree. Now, for those, though, that feel, you know, they have a, a, an innate fear about, you know, doing that or having those kind of uh, vulnerable conversations or, or getting in front of somebody. How do you how do you help them overcome that that type of feeling? So great question. Right. And, and, and you know, when it comes to sales, again, this kind of gets back to our initial, you know, your initial comment that, you know, people have such a negative impression, thought, stereotype of sales because how we've how we have, you know, the movies and TV shows. And, and look, nobody likes to be pushed. I teach this and I don't like the stereotype of salespeople. You know, if I watch Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross or Tin Men or Boiler Room, you know, my skin, you know, starts to crawl because that's why people have such a negative stereotype. So what I teach and what I feel so passionately about is that everything we do is a selling moment, right? So our ability simply to be present, to be vulnerable, to understand that being vulnerable, being humble is a selling skill. Now you begin to see your behavior in a very different light. Now you begin to see how your behavior actually has a positive impact on people. So I say to somebody, you don't have to worry about being embarrassed. You have to worry if you don't use this moment to your advantage. And so when I think about humility and I think about vulnerability, the other phenomenal skill that great salespeople have, which by the way, is everyone is our ability to acknowledge. Once you acknowledge that, Hey, you know what? I screwed up or I made a mistake or you know what? I didn't know what I was talking about. What, what you have done is not lowered yourself. You've strengthened your hand in the eyes of the customer. Now, is this new? I don't know. Do we need to think about it more than ever in this ridiculous virtual world that we're all sealed up in? Absolutely. Your customer is not judging you. Your client is not judging you. They're going to judge you if you try to run from the problem. But if you step into it and acknowledge it and say, guess what? I'm human and not feel bad about it. You're actually going to improve that relationship and you'll sell more. That's that's such a great point. I, I I totally agree with you. They you know because the, that person is is just like us across the table. They have 
vulnerabilities and they make mistakes and all those things. But, you know, I I get worried in in today's, you know, again, the, the virtual world, it's so easy to, you know, to edit ourselves or edit our, our, you know, how, how we appear online or whatever the case might be that, that you don't get that genuineness anymore. Well, you don't, and, or at least it's harder to have it come across, right? Yeah, and, it's filtered. And, and filtered, exactly. And, you know, as I said a moment ago, you know, the, 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 the danger of complacency, I call it the creepy crud of creeping complacency, right? In fact, I did a podcast on that. The only good use of my name is it rhymes with podcast. Love it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it, it all comes down to, how are we showing up? So one of the modules I teach, in fact, I, I've taught at your firm, is the profound power of presence. And you know what? For example, for this particular experience with you today, Doug, I mean, I got up and I treated this as if I was going out to sit across a table from you, right? Mm-hmm. I've dressed appropriately. I mean, you can't see, but I actually am wearing regular pants and regular shoes. <laughs> I shaved and, you know, I put on a nice pressed shirt because how I show up matters. If we want to sell more, we have to engage more. And engagement begins before the word has first words ever spoken. So when that video camera goes on, people have already made a buying decision. They see how you're showing up. I, I did a session with somebody last week and he wanted to actually sell me something. And the camera went on and he was sitting there in a hoodie, not shaved and working on his phone and said, I'll, I'll be right with you. How do you think I reacted? And this isn't about being old school. This is about, would you show up in my office like that? Right. Would you show up in your office and sit in a chair in front of me and say, hold on, I got to do an email. So that call lasted about, I think I timed it about four and a half minutes. (laughs) And I'm rather unfiltered since this is unsuitable. I'm rather unfiltered at times. I said, when you understand that how you showed up is disrespectful to me, then maybe we'll do business. Yeah. Well, hopefully, at least that was, you know, a chance for that person to learn something. And and, and if they acknowledge that failure, that and to your earlier point, then they can, you know, move forward from that. But if they don't, you know, if it's the, uh, what's wrong with this guy, you know. Exactly. Then, if they want to think that, that's fine. I, I, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't really care. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I, I, I have my beliefs and I, I. I, I am so respectful as most thinking people people are about, you know what, when that camera goes on or when that door opens, people have already made a buying decision without me ever saying a word. And that perhaps is the most important thing I could ever teach somebody. Yeah. And it, it certainly at the very least, they've done, you know, they've, they've prejudged in some fashion because they've they've researched you, you know, they've been on your website or perhaps watched one of your uh, you know, a, a, a video of, Whatever. Uh, you know, something like that. So That's right. you, with, with all that information that we can get ahead of time, you know, nowadays, how do you help to overcome that the first time that you're uh, in front of somebody face to face? Yeah. So eye contact, be aware of how you're physically showing up, make sure, and I'm assuming you're asking me the question in a virtual sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, make sure like I've done here, you're in a position where you are physically going to be the most productive. So as a keynote speaker, I'm actually happier walking around like I am right now, right? So I have a desk that goes up. I have a green screen. I've set my office up to have this meeting with you in a way where I'm most comfortable because then I'll be the, I'll be best at communicating with you. 
Okay. Uh, we have to make sure we get names right. You know, there's nothing worse <laughs> than saying somebody's name wrong because it says you didn't do your homework. Right. Right. And, you know, there's, there's a whole series of things that I teach. And I would say they all fall under the, they, they all fall under that bucket of presence. You know, I, as I said a moment ago, eye contact is a huge thing. Don't be late. And whatever you do, and this is all such basic stuff, right? But we've all had to relearn it. Yeah. Because you can't fake presence. You know as well as I do when you're on the when you're on a Zoom call with somebody, you see their eyes dart away. You know they're down there looking at the phone. You know when they do when they go like this, they're and they're stretching, they're really just looking at their Apple Watch, trying to, you know, <laughs> surreptitiously glance at their email. Come on. I think the thing that that we have to remember is that people are smarter <laughs> than we realize sometime. I can see when somebody's not engaged, even if it's a split second. You can't fake this stuff. In fact, I would suggest that being online takes more concentration than being in there with somebody live. So let's just go back to live. So because that's the ultimate lazy. No, I'm kidding, of course. Right. But, you know, when we're live with somebody, it's a, actually a little more relaxing. Right. I agree. Plus, I think, you know, for me, it's it's always that adrenaline rush that I get beforehand as well. And, you know, over the years, you learn how to you know, sort of harness that a bit, but that that excitement that we get, whether it's a success or failure in that, you know, that that's what makes the day fun as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, somebody said to me the other day, I got 10 sales calls in today. I said, great. How many of them actually will go somewhere? So my point being, I'm not saying the 10 calls weren't, weren't one right. calls. What I'm saying is I will take two calls a day in person with somebody rather than 10 Zoom calls or six Zoom calls a day any day of the week because you, you and I both know what the ultimate result is going to be. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think, you know, I'm curious to, to hear if you have any tools to try to reduce that. I know for myself, what I've tried to do is say, well, I'm only going to take Zoom calls on a certain day of the week. Sure. Try to force to force it into the the other. And that way I feel like I'm I'm more efficient too. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just something I've been trying here lately. I uh, I actually applaud that because what you're doing is you're setting up boundaries. Right. And if we don't set up boundaries, then people will run over us all day long. Okay. You and I both know that we are in the world is, you know, we are, we are slaves to our email. Right. I mean, it just is it. it, it, (laughs) I mean, I remember when I first saw email, when I worked at Xerox in 95 and thought this was the coolest thing. I curse that day every day. Right. Um, You know, the only people who call me anymore are telemarketers, you know, or or somebody looking for a donation or a contribution or whatever it might be. The reality of it is you're doing the right thing, Doug. We have to set boundaries around our time. Okay. Yeah. And I think the other thing to do here is, you know, far too often, and I see this a lot in your industry, people say, well, I'm not, it's not tax season. I'm using this as an example. It's not tax season. Why would I need to see a customer? And my point is having an agenda free call is sometimes the best thing you can do because how many times have we heard a client say, you only call me during tax season, you know? And I mean, I, I talk to my accountant throughout the year. I mean, she may not like it, but I, I enjoy it. I, you know, I learn something every time. Yeah. And 
you know, we have to take the extra step now. I mean, I, I was mentioning earlier that uh, I was in Columbus uh, about a month ago and I called up, you know, uh, some folks I know at your firm and I said, I'm in town. Let's have breakfast. And, you know, the response was, this is great. I haven't seen anybody live in forever. <laughs> you know? And you know what? We reaffirmed, and this is the point, we reaffirm relationships, which reaffirms our ability to sell more down the road. And that's not something we should hide from. Everybody is so busy. I'm not trying to sell you something. First of all, yes, we are. We all are all the time. So just get over it. Yeah. Right? You have yeah. an agenda. I have an agenda. That's how the world goes around. It's how we go about doing it that matters. Uh, I totally agree. And I think sometimes, again, taking that narrow view, it's somebody might say, well, you know, how can I really measure yet the the difference in my quote unquote hit rate or sales success in virtual versus in person? You know, right. they're just focused on those numbers instead of the the benefit long term that building that relationship brings, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, boy, I tell you, you're giving me such great questions here. It just, it, you know, I get, I get so jazzed up when I think about this stuff. You, look, when I started selling, uh, in the dark ages, you know, 19, let's just say 1980, none of your business, uh, for Xerox, you know, how were we measured cold calls? We left in the morning with a stack of cards and we were not allowed back in the office until we had given out every card. And some guys would, you know, try to, you know, jimmy the system and hand them out to people on the streets or throw them in the sink or, what, or the sewer or whatever. And I gave out all my cards. Then they got smart and said, well, you got to come back with 50 cards. You know, if you left with 50, you got to come back with 50, you know, 50 cold calls. And that's how we measured it, right? Because, yes, there is still some truth to the fact that sales is still a numbers game. I would argue that we have evolved dramatically since those days. Sales is a relationship game. And I'm not the first person to say that, and I won't be the last. As a keynote speaker, 40% of my business is repeat business. Now, think about that. You know, once somebody hires me for a keynote, and I've spoken at your leadership retreat, your, com your all-hands uh, company offsite, well, you're not going to have me back the second year to do the same keynote. What will happen is maybe workshops or this or that, like we've been doing, but that comes because of the relationship, not because I'm continually cold calling you for more. That's cultivating the relationship. And that's the power of face-to-face. -face. That's what sales is. And here's why we're all in sales, because every single day we're building relationships. Every single day, if we're with another human being, we're selling ourselves. Absolutely. I, I mean, that is so, so well said. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love the, the stuff that you put out there. And, and for, for those that maybe aren't familiar, Todd, can you give us a, a quick plug on your, on your website or where to get, get in touch with you if they'd like uh, further info? Well, that would be great. So my website is my name. Well, not M-Y-N-A-M-E. It's my name, Todd Cohen, T-O-T-D. Somebody actually said, I wrote, I typed in myname.com and you didn't come up. And I thought to myself, you're kidding me, right? Please tell me you didn't take me seriously. My website is Todd Cohen, two Ds, toddcohen.com. That's probably the best way to find me. I'm at Todd at toddcohen.com. Not complicated. Or in my old school way, just call me. You know, I got a phone number, 215-275-3416. Just pick up the phone. I actually do answer my phone. Yes, by all means. Yes. 
Call and talk to me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a company of one and a half. My four-legged chief marketing officer is napping right behind me and uh, <laughs> until she needs dinner in about three hours. I love it. And uh, boy, I could sit here and talk about this all day with you, Todd. It's it's always tremendous. And and your insight is, uh, I think, spot on. And, and just, you know, if nothing else, I think we all need to take a step back and reflect on these things and, yeah. uh, you know, well, I, back to them. You know, if I could just say, you know, as a closing comment, if you will, and you can tell I, I'm not lacking in passion on this point, think carefully about the people in your organization and their contribution to the business. They're the reason why we're either top of mind or not. It's not how good your product is. I mean, you make a great product. I got it. It's really the people that keep you top of mind. And so if we're not having people with people and people with customers, is it going to be easier or harder to stay top of mind? It's a rhetorical question, Doug. You know the answer to that. So cautionary note to all the CEOs and business leaders out there, Sales happens face-to-face, and I'll leave it at that. So, so true. Yes, indeed. Well, Todd, thanks again, and uh, look forward to uh, to more of your insight and having you on uh, again here before for too long. So, yeah, that would be great. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll bore your listeners a little a little more next time. No, it's it's great stuff. Uh, next time we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Philly as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. We, we, we got, got some steaks, we have pretzels, and we have uh, fans that boo Santa Claus. Love it. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, If you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 